Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. This is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my good friend and colleague, Michael Berg. Um, And we are going to be talking saints today, Um, specifically kind of in light of what the Augsburg Confession says in its articles on abuses um, about the saints and uh, what's their... What's their place in the Lutheran Church? What um, what's their place in the church here? Uh, stuff like that. We've had an episode we've done earlier on what it is to be a saint, and there we kind of got into you know the New Testament term and its definition, so that we can talk about all believers being saints. But here we're going to be talking especially about um, when it comes up like people praying to the saints or worship of the saints. Um, what the saints, what that word means there, specific. <clears throat> group of people over the years who have been designated in such a way. Um, we are a part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. I encourage you to go to 1517.org um, to go check out uh, all the resources that they have there. Um, I uh, would highly recommend Michael's book available through 1517 Publishing. I have three books available there as well. Michael has an academy course. I have a, a number of blog posts recently. So lots of stuff that you can check out, <clears throat> um, support Let the Bird Fly and us by checking out, um, but also support the network that uh, helps support us, which we very much appreciated. With that being said, we'll keep this a short intro, Michael, and why don't you go ahead and give us our disclaimer. The show doesn't speak for our churches or church bodies or our employers. To be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot, so approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our main topic, and we are going to be talking, as I mentioned today, saints. Um, And specifically, kind of in the light of, and I'll read the the early part of it for you, Article 21 of the Augsburg Confession. So the later part of the Augsburg Confession, um, Article 21, and I guess uh, this comes before a review of the abuses, um, right before a review of the abuses. Article 21, <clears throat> Worship of the Saints. And here, uh, it's just four little paragraphs. So I'll go ahead and read it, and then we can jump in, Michael. Our churches teach that the history of saints may be set before us so that we may follow the example of their faith and good works according to our calling. For example, the emperor may follow the example of David in making war to drive away the Turk from his country, for both are kings. But the scriptures do not teach that we are to call on the saints or to ask the saints for help. Scripture sets before us one Christ as the mediator, atoning sacrifice, high priest, and intercessor. He is to be prayed to. He has promised that he will hear our prayer. This is the worship that he approves above all other worship, that he be called upon in all afflictions. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. 1 John 2, 1. Um, and this then wraps up the summary of uh, the teaching of the Augsburg Confession of the Conflict, and we'll move into the various abuses. Maybe um, if we kind of just go through the order of the article there, Mike, I'll toss out to you first. We just recorded an episode on church history, which I really enjoyed, and I thought um, went pretty well. And uh, the, um, the confessors at Augsburg say then, our churches teach that the history of saints may be set before us. Um, so that we may follow their example, uh, the example of their faith and good works, and they note there as well, according to our calling. Um, so maybe anything that comes to mind, Mike, um, regarding the saints, uh, those three things maybe, the connection to history, mm-hmm. examples, mm-hmm. Um, and then vocation or calling. 
Yeah, so I think uh, we both are in the camp of history is important, not just uh, from a, in a broad way, but in a uh, theological way that we we um, are are a part of a great great cloud of witnesses. Uh, that to be truly diverse, uh, and we don't want to rehash our last episode, but to say that the Lutheran Church um, does not run away from history and thinking that they they are sect that that we need to start a new sect and uh it, it denies there's just a little bit of like we're better than everybody else which is a very modern thing that we we have our own sins um and they had their sins and uh we we learn from them and we learn in particularly how god used sinners and that's so very important for us we have a connection to history and we don't reject that and the idea there is that we can be pure when we throw away all the history, um, but the exact opposite happens, right? You don't learn from history, and then you become your your own. You you become even more blinded to your own blind spots, and so we see that just in the modern period, in, in particular, secularly, uh, especially with America, uh, but also uh, we see this in the in the uh, let's say evangelical side of the church, right? This idea that there there shouldn't be, and that that we can learn nothing from history other than uh, bad stuff. Um, I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, the idea of putting the saints there to live from their lives, uh, you know, that that rubs our ears the wrong way because we think, um, oh well, then you are you are trying to you're thinking that the saints are holy. No, it's the exact opposite. You, what you see is you see God forgive some really, 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 really bad sinners. And if God can forgive David and Abraham, I'm pretty sure he can forgive you, right? And then to say that he elevates David and Abraham in their vocations uh, to do extraordinary things, well, then I'm pretty sure he can use you, mm -hmm. right? So you see yourself in that, and that I think is just so very important. Um, you, can't, you can't take out... Uh, these physical people from the story of the gospel, because then it becomes just something that's, then it's just a myth, then it's just a story, then it's just a, a morality play. It's not real anymore. Right. So, you know, we, we may not like, oh, that you have all these saints days. Um, and there were some abuses, which we'll get to, I'm sure, when it, when it came to medieval Christianity in particular. Uh, that affected their secular lives, not just their, their their theology as well. Like, you gotta go to work, even though it's the third saint day in a row, right? Um, but... Um, Look at that Berg Protestant work ethic. Yeah, but to say, um, when you take away the celebration of, let's just say, St. John the Baptist, or uh, confession of of Peter, or the conversion of Paul, you inadvertently kind of take away the calendar that that forces you to be in the historical realm that is Christianity in the time and a place. And when you do that, you you subtly you subtly make God's work and Christianity apart from your time and place as well, right? just that we live in a time and place. You don't have a choice because you have a body. And to, to, to make it all up here, my hand is above my head right now, mm -hmm. um, and not concrete and gritty um, is, is a mistake. And I, I think that the, the, the church calendar helps that because you're going through the life of Christ, right? But a part of that also is the story of Christ in real people's lives. And I know it sounds like I'm I'm picking on uh, you know some, some I'm trying to make a mountain out of a molehill here, but I, I do think that it really is important to to live and breathe that calendar because because then it's real, it's real for you. Right. Yeah. I um I'd bring him in here briefly um, from the apology as well as it kind of builds on this. And Michael, you hit on some of this um, as you went. Um, Melanchthon in the Apology to the Augsburg Confession says, Our confession approves honoring the saints in three ways. The first is um, thanksgiving. We should thank God because he has shown examples of mercy, because he wishes to save people. 
Um, the second is the strengthening of our faith. And there they use an example you used. When we see Peter's denial forgiven, we are also encouraged to believe all the more that grace truly superabounds over sin. And I know that um, you've been on a Peter kick lately, right? Mm-hmm. And that plays in mm-hmm. um, that we also learn as Peter did. Um, and then the third honor is imitation. First of faith, but then other virtues. Mm-hmm. Um, we can see how they sometimes believed against themselves, right, in a good way that they um, held to Christ, um, believed against what their eyes saw in this world, their experiences, um, but also some of the virtues that they showed. And, and some of the same people who show virtue will show vice, as we see with David. <clears throat> I think it's interesting that um, the confession uses David as an example because David's not what um, many would have had in mind when it came to medieval saints. David's not, right, a, a canonized, mm-hmm. after Christ, um, <clears throat> non-biblical uh, person who is recognized then as a saint. Um, and I think there's a broadening there, and you rightly note that, uh, that what the confession is, is doing to some degree then is saying, um, this isn't just people that Rome has designated as saints mm-hmm. in history, but in church history in general. Um, and we're on like almost session 60 of the life and thought of Luther mm-hmm. for our Winging It series, right? <clears throat> and we see this in Luther. We just had a session before the one we recorded today where we had to be somewhat critical of Luther. Um, but we also have some where we say, he really showed a lot of spine here, mm-hmm. right? Um, that uh, this need not be people acknowledged by Rome mm-hmm. as saints, although it can it can be mm-hmm. um, that we, we find in concrete people in the past that God has worked with what he had to work with, mm-hmm. right? That these weren't always perfect. <clears throat> but also, um, he has chosen people who were also capable of showing, um, displaying at moments great faith and, and works. Um, I think of uh, Luther on the Magnificat and, and talking about Mary, um, and he, Luther flips things somewhat where Mary is chosen because of her faith, right? Um, so that she can say in the Magnificat, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Mary's not chosen because she's sinless. Yet at the same time, Mary does display a great oh. faith. Let it be unto me as you have said. She ponders these things in her heart. Um, if we would make it a competition, which we would not, she'd be in top five. Oh, yeah. If not number one. And Luther would set her above the apostles, even if she had not given birth to Christ. Mm-hmm. Then um, we're all in a bad way. And and so um, the positive and the negative there, that God uses actual, you know, as you said, real people, um, which can be heartening to us because sometimes we may be, we may look at them and go, yep, I sure get Peter's denial and I can identify with that. And we may doubt that we maybe are also capable of Peter's confession or some of the right the big moments he has that we want to emulate. Um, but then we remember it's God who gives those, right? It's God who works that, um, as the apology says, virtue um, in people. And I think this, uh, them going to David, and then you going to David, um, right, opens up the Old Testament in some fun ways. And really, if you read Luther's commentaries on Genesis, this is what he does with person after person in in Genesis as well. Um, Maybe a couple thoughts, if if you wouldn't mind. Um, First of all, just to hammer that that point home, Christianity is a Christian, is is a religion of history. It happened in history. It's real, right? And so uh, any any step away from that, I think, is, um, is foolish, right? So... Uh, to see that God works throughout history is good. And so I think that we should be talking about uh, the saints who have gone before us, not even just the biblical ones, but the church history. And we did an episode on that. Second thing is I want to play with the word imitation for a little bit because Luther and especially uh, Gustav Fingren, when he reflects on Luther on the doctrine of vocation, he kind of attacks the idea of imitation, and I certainly don't disagree with with Melanchthon here and the quote that you that you read, that we should, you know, Im- this d- is a imitate, relief. yeah, imitate, imitate. You took a subscription. I did, I did, I did to death. Did we say to death? I'm not sure if we did. That's kind of extreme. I, if we did, I I thought about it. I thought about like you thought I'd about to die. death. Yeah. 
I, I think I in my head was thinking like so long as so long as, as I'm enjoying it. <laughs> um, so he would he would say, um, now the, the imitation of the saints that's that's fine in a certain broad way, right? We are able to learn from the faith of Abraham, um, from the you know the 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 steadfastness of of Joshua or something like that. That's how we learn in the home. Our, our yeah. parents, if they're Christians, are the first saints we learn to imitate. But Luther would say there's two problems with that. And, and he goes and kind of, and this is through Gustav Wingren who, who kind of systematizes this thought. Um, the, the, the one is, um, you are so unique because your situation is unique and your neighbor is unique that how could you ever imitate anybody? Because everything is, a, is going to be a one-off. And, and the conclusion to that is, is rather to think about yourself as the hand of God or the mask of God. You're so much more than a cheap imitation. And he's specific, thinking even about Christ, uh, you know, be imitators of Christ. But at the same time, it's more than a cheap imitation. You are Christ in that moment as he works through you. So um, there's, there's some subtlety there that how could you look to the saints on that particular situation that you are in right now when the situation you are in right now has never occurred before. And notice the, the kind of the, the being curved outward towards neighbor there thing. And that's the second point is that to, to imitate your, to imitate the saints to, in order to be saintly yourself is really not very saintly, right? So because your neighbor is a unique person and the situation is a unique person, there is no place in church history where you can, find a apples to apples thing. And so it's more about love, um, and for neighbor. And so I, I think, I think there's, there, there's a little bit more to say about than just imitating the saints with that said, granted, um, imitate in general. Um, and, and this is where we, we, we should maybe in the, in the Lutheran church in particular, do talk a little bit more about virtues, right. Instead of kind of a very transactional sort of, um, um, sanctification, where we say, here's your rules, don't do this, do this, to start thinking about what are the, the overarching virtues, right? And I think that helps also with, uh, you know, talking about politics with, with, with Christians as, as we say, here's, here, here's where you need to be on this political situation rather than talking about the, the virtues of the matter and the virtues of the politicians um, rather than in particular decisions. Uh, I think that's, it's more well-rounded idea to talk about life in general and sanctification. So to repeat the, the idea of imitation in Luther, he will kind of talk about like, how could you even imitate a saint? And he's because you're so unique and the neighbor in front of you is so unique and this position is so unique and this situation has never happened before. Um, and then to take the next step and say, but you're not a cheap imitation that you're, you're something more than imitating the saints. You are a saint. You are doing the work of God right now. Um, I, I think it's helpful, a helpful uh, wrinkle in this story. Um, maybe along those lines, and I don't mean this to, to push back, but maybe um, we can play out a little bit. You can nuance for me um, how this would fit. Um, it was common, and it's still common in Catholicism, but it was, of course, very common in medieval Catholicism. Um, to have patron saints, mm -hmm. and I wonder if this is part of what Melanchthon has in mind when he says, in our callings, um, or in our vocations. And one of the most important right things that Luther will do, do is elevate the doctrine of vocation, and that vocation isn't just holy orders. Mm -hmm. It's not just um, the spirituales, right, those mm -hmm. who become priests or monks or nuns, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but people, it's the cobbler, you know, mm -hmm. it's the, um, the plumber, you pick it. Um, the example, that's fine. It's the theology professor. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, in a way, some of the patron saints were almost a way of elevating vocation, maybe somewhat too. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's a patron saint of minors. There's a patron saint of sailors. Right. Yeah. Now, this didn't do this perfectly because often... You know, the patron saint of you name the thing wasn't like down in the mine, mm -hmm. you know, digging out. Mm -hmm. 
um, but was looking over them. Mm-hmm. Was like, okay, we're we're watching for you. And maybe what Luther's getting at there somewhat is to say, this isn't just a patron like um, in the much of history you societies operated on patronage. You, mm-hmm. had, you had patrons who <clears throat> kept the town going, right? Mm-hmm. Who um, built the public centers or made sure the roads were working. Um, so not just a patron in that way, um, but a um, but the saints and here not tied simply to in Roman Catholicism saints, but to recognize that God has vocationally worked through people who have worked in ways like you. Mm-hmm. And so he says, like David for the prince, mm-hmm. right, can be an example. And um, and so is there, um, is there maybe something too that while our situation is certainly unique and our neighbor is unique and um, many vocations are different today mm-hmm. than they were in the sure. past, to having um, opportunities nevertheless mm-hmm. to hold before the eyes um, of the people as examples, not mm-hmm. as savior, not as yeah. patron, um, those who have um, labored in whatever calling yeah. in the past and and done so in a way um, that was uh, um, fruit of faith mm-hmm. and benefit for neighbor. Yeah, I mean, I think you could... It, this is a classic example. I don't know if I'm asking that one. No, this is a classic example of, you know, something in medieval Christianity that uh, reformers throw out often the baby with the bathwater without saying, okay, there's actually something good there. And then also actually without maybe thinking about it, have replaced it with something. So what you're saying is, um, okay, I am a, uh, I'm an artist so I'm going to pay particular attention to Solomon's, the names of the people who are Solomon's artists for his temple, right? Um, if I am a leader, I'm going to pay specific attention to Solomon and David. Um, if I am father or mother, I'm going to pay particular attention to maybe Joseph and Mary or something like that. And, and I, I don't think that there's anything, anything wrong with that. Uh, certainly the abuses of the idea that, you know, St. Christopher is looking down. It's like St. Christopher, like the patron saint of like a bunch of things, but like, I mean, I don't think St. Christopher is even a saint anymore, ironically, but, um, but yeah, definitely travel and stuff like that. You know, yeah. he's looking at that. That's where, that's the main point is you don't have to go through the saints. You can go right to God. You don't have the saints looking over you. You have God and his angels looking over you, right? Like skip the middleman kind of thing. Right. Um, but notice that we do replace it in the Protestant world. And we usually replace it with um, how, how, to be a, how to be a good Christian businessman. And then you pull things out of context, right? right? Maybe something from the Old Testament or you say, this is what Jesus would do about cryptocurrency, right? You know, um, and I think then it becomes sort of a, like I said before, I need a better word for this, but kind of a transactional sort of morality or ethic. This is exactly what I do in this situation. And then this, this is what happens, right? Instead of talking about maybe the virtues that are, that are, that are, that, that, that are more widely understood. Right. And then to, again, take that to say, I'm an, in, I'm an individual person in an individual situation with an individual um, neighbor, but it's under the broad idea right. of these virtues. And in particular, how God uses sinners after redeeming them so that they don't have to please God. They can now love neighbor. Yeah. Just briefly. So St. Christopher is still recognized as a saint, but his feast day was removed from the calendar. Oh, really? So he got dropped like some others have because he was, known as a saint before there was ever canonization as a thing. And so he's recognized, Mm. but was never officially canonized. But I remember that being a big deal back in the day. Um, To get to this, and I think part of what Luther is protecting against is maybe a healthy thing too, because sometimes, um, especially when we're young and formative, and maybe like high school, college years, where someone's trying to like 
figure out what to be and they they find someone to be um kind of an icon for what they want to be um maybe a a mentor in a way but usually it's not someone they actually know individually or personally better way of saying it um that can almost become inhibiting because you almost try to um match your life story to their life story in a bunch of ways Mm -hmm. it's kind of like when lutherans feel the need to relive worms Mm. right they're gonna have their luther moment Mm -hmm. um and so I think there, yeah, there probably is a good middle ground somewhere um, in there. And, and sometimes it can imbue, we can end up trying to imbue our vocation um, with a theology of glory mm-hmm. um, unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a fine line to walk. Um, what I, part of what I have in mind for, for taking that to, um, and we'll get to invocation in that here at the end, but the next step is the idea of commemoration of saints in the church here. Mm-hmm. And by this, I don't just mean saints that Lutherans inherited from the tradition of the West, but it could be David, it could be, mm-hmm. you know, whomever, whoever, one of those two. <laughs> um, something I would propose, um, and I, I think you'd agree with me, but I never know for sure, Michael, which is what I, one of the things I love about you. <laughs> is that a lot of these days are better chances to talk about the Christian life and vocation than the made-up days that we come up with. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I found in the... Um, it was either in the Gemeindeblatt or in an old Northwestern Lutheran just when they started doing English. And there was a nice, like, rant by a seminary professor about the proliferation of Methodist Sundays. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how some Lutheran churches were just bringing yep, in yep. all these kind of, you know, can I just say a couple, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's los- listening and is looking to get triggered right now, mm-hmm. then just tune out. Mm-hmm. Remember that you're just listening to a podcast. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name some. Mm-hmm. Friendship Sunday, mm-hmm. Evangelism Sunday, mm-hmm. Stewardship Sunday, mm-hmm. Life Sunday. Life Oh, that's, yeah. Christian Education Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know what is a great Christian Education Sunday is Titus and Timothy, right? Yeah, That'd be yeah. a good chance to right. <clears throat> talk about that. But this is this was kind of my point is that you end up doing it anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, Usually poorly. Right. But where's the, where's the fine line? Where would you locate? Um, we could just say, don't, don't do... Either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the the place in the church here for these minor festivals? Yeah. You mentioned John the Baptist, and that's good, but he's a biblical one, so someone mm-hmm. could argue, mm-hmm. well, that's. <clears throat> and many of the ones in the church here are biblical in the sense of like Saint Bartholomew mm-hmm. is mentioned as an apostle, but there's not like any great Bartholomew right. text. Right. Let's be honest. Right. Although it's a cool one to do. Yeah. Um, I always think that's a great one because. Bartholomew just served, mm-hmm. and there's no big legacy, mm-hmm. but he served, and the church remembers all those who serve not for glory but just for love. Um, but um, is there a fine line? Is anything that you would yeah. have in that regard? What what I get worked up about is the the you know these made up Sundays is they usually well they they usually end up in law right usually taking a sin. Or an action that needs to occur. I, I texted Trisha, sorry. Do we have a will? Mike is saying I should have one. Yes, our previous episode of the Luther series, uh, we talked about the will of Luther that he wrote for Katie. It was quite progressive for the time. And Wayne indicated that as a 44-year-old, year, 44-year-old man, In good health. husband, father of many children, and owner of property did not have a will... And I suggested to him that he should have a will. And I started writing one. You started writing one. Yeah. Um, but she replied, uh, Mike is, is right, but we do not. Okay. So. You I'm going to work on that. You, you, it's not that If difficult. anybody knows a good lawyer for writing wills who's not too expensive, yeah. Um, yeah. but does a good job, yeah. shoot us a, um, an email at, uh, Mike, what's our email? I don't know. I think it's 
podcast at let the Perf- <clears throat> anyway i'll look that up you look that up I'll, I'll continue talking on our topic so uh many of these days end up having to do with law like okay we can call it life sunday but really what we're talking about is abortions bad um we can talk at christian podcast at let the com. we talk this is christian education sunday but what we're really talking about is we need to do this and it usually ends up being the public schools are a bunch of crap. And volunteer and give money uh, to our school. Yeah. Um, it, it usually ends up a forced kind of whatever. And I think... Stewardship Sunday. Yeah, stewardship. We don't even go... So <clears throat> this, is, this is problematic, I think. And I, I think that um, it ends up usually in the law. And I think you're right that there are, there are places in the <clears throat> calendar where they, it, this becomes more natural to talk about instead of you come. I mean, I don't think people really, our leadership says, here's a problem, fix the problem. We'll have a, we'll have a Sunday on this, which is uh, equivalent to. Oh, that's another Sunday. Walking together. Yeah. Which is equivalent to. Which when, is not bad. Yeah. No, that's a well, but, but this is equivalent to when, when uh, the government declares the third Tuesday in March will now be feline diabetes awareness day mm-hmm. right which is an important day and okay but we're here for the gospel right and and then yes i it grows awareness diabetes really yeah they do let me tell you i'll tell you a story about that okay. in a second um so it grows awareness or whatever but it's very here's a problem here's a solution kind of thing and and i think if if you are a regular church member and you come in Sunday and you're there for the gospel and you're like, yeah, it's another Sunday where I'm quite frankly, even at the, at the best church, I'm going to be made to feel guilty. Right. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be about sanctification, right? Rather than again, I think the, the virtues now, can you do it right? Sure. I'm not saying uh, you're wrong for doing that in your church. I'm not, Don't go complain to your pastor and said, say, Wade and Mike said, if you rather just say like, hey, you ever listen to Let the Bird Fly? (laughs) Um, So um, you 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 should check it out and then maybe they'll hear us. Yeah. I think you made an interesting point, though, that there are there are times in the church here where those become this is the, the power of the pericope. You're forced to. You're forced to get off your hobby horse. You're forced to, mm-hmm. to, to say something else. I mean, just let's just be honest. Notice that there's probably not an anti-racism day in most Wells churches. There's probably not a, you know, uh, uh, let's give to the poor day. You know, I mean, we pick and choose our moralities, quite frankly, right? So um, I, I think there are, to, to live and breathe the calendar a little bit, uh, is helpful. And, and I'm not saying that there's a match for every, you know, whatever, but you would never celebrate this because it's in the Christmas season. Um, but it, it's worthy of mention of the, um, um, the slaughter of the Holy innocence. That is a, without stretching it too much, that's a, that's a life Sunday kind of thing, right? I mean, it, it lends itself to talk about abortion and what, he, what happened to these children in Bethlehem, right? Um, to speak about it more in a gospel sense um, rather than a political sense. Um, you can, you, there's any number of, of texts and saints days that would, would talk about education. Um, there are uh, any number of, of days when you could think about all sorts of vocations, right? And so I think you're right there that living and breathing the calendar and uh, is helpful in that and keeps you on your toes a little bit. And it becomes a little bit more organic than saying we need money for this, or we need action on this. Therefore we're going to hijack the, the pericope and the church calendar because gosh, darn it. We have a problem that needs to be solved and we are going to solve it. And you know, at, I think you. I think we'd be surprised at how many people walk away rolling their eyes, or having the law in their hearts when they should have the gospel in their hearts. Right? Um, I think we've all experienced where it's a Christian education Sunday, and it ended up, you know, you got to you got to undo the parents of public school kids who are like, why did I come to church to hear, hear that I was a bad person because I sent my kid to a public school? And sometimes it's it's not even subtle. It's <laughs> just out there. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think it, 
once again is a thing where there's some wisdom in the church here that maybe we shouldn't ignore. Yeah. Um, I, I did add something to my will, Michael. Okay. Um, I also leave to Mike 25% of my good points. Sanctification points? Sure. No, you said I made a good point. Oh, okay. So, like, if there's ever good points I make, mm-hmm. I would suggest you keep an inventory, you write down the ones. And I can use them. And you don't even have to credit me. Right. They're just yours. Thank you. But only 25%. Well, that's a good four or five. <laughs> you are just on top of insulting me today. <clears throat> so. You brought your A game. <clears throat> Um, okay. Can we talk about the word saint and what does it mean in the Bible? What does it mean in the Roman Catholic Church? Okay, How yeah, do we but, use and it? that's what exactly was I was yeah. going to suggest. So, I'm going to throw to you. We'll take the word saint, what it means in the mm-hmm. Bible, what it means in Catholicism, and then I'm going to bring up why does it? Why does the Augsburg Confession say worship of the saints? And I'm going to talk latria, hyperdulia, and dulia, the distinctions that were made mm-hmm. there, so we can be fair. I'm going to talk why why do we commemorate the saints, but but not invoke them, mm-hmm. right? Um, so why don't you go ahead, especially this is up your alley with vocational yeah, stuff. So. Um, saint, maybe if we say cat, small s versus big s yeah, saint. Sure. So a saint in the Bible is uh, somebody made righteous in the blood of Christ, right? So on one, we would say, we could say Saint Abraham. We could say Saint David. Uh, um, and then outside of the biblical, I'm a saint, you're a saint. Right, and this is where Saint Paul. It's like Oprah with the cars. You're a saint. You're a saint. everybody's a saint. Um, this is why Saint Paul says, you know, to the saints in Rome, right? Those who are holy, those who are sanctified, those who are righteous in the blood of Christ, and and this is an important theological concept, which is probably why if I could criticize the New NIV to take away the word saint, uh, I think they say holy ones, yeah. Um, that, that that is not my jam. Yeah, we we are sinner saints, right? And so uh, Romans chapter end of Romans chapter six, going on through chapter seven, um, you are slave to righteousness. You are saint, but you are a slave to sin. Your sinful nature is so you are a sin. This is this is a key to anthropology uh, in a in a post post fall world. So um, th- that that's really important to understand that. Now the distinction in the new te- in, in the church outside of, of the Old and New Testament, we have different titles for the saints of the Old Testament. They may be prophet. They may be patriarch. They may be king or something like that. Although I, I think there, there could be, I, I would, it, the toothpaste is out of the tube. We can't put it back in there. You're not going to change this. But there are, um, I just think of the, the unnamed girl who said to Naaman, her master, who who had kidnapped her by all accounts and, and took her to serve his wife when he had uh, a skin disease, said, let me tell you about, about this gospel guy, Elisha, in Israel. Like, she, if she had lived in Italy in uh, 960, she would have... She, we, we would have said Saint so-and-so, right? We would have given her a name, mm-hmm. um, even though we didn't know her name. So I think that is a little bit of a, I think that's a, there's a, there's a hole in this, right? So um, in the, in the, in the Roman Catholic church though, Saint is a specific designation, right? That uh, somebody has, have purported uh, miracles that they performed, um, have done something of, significance um and there's different levels we've talked about this in other episodes different levels of how do you get to a saint right. uh, this has economic implications because so this if you're is, right, little Solanus t- casey for instance in detroit was beatified at ford field which is where the lions um play football if you want to call it that mm-hmm. and um this was a big deal and it's not just a big deal for the roman catholic community in detroit but in general yeah and that's yeah, right. His next step is canonization, yeah. and I, for for a certain cause, for instance. So um, uh, Anne Seton is known for education. That she, I believe, is Saint Anne, is a big deal for that cause. If your little town um, has, you, you may get pilgrims. You, it may be an economic type type of benefit. So there's there is some politics going on there, right? Can you? 
can you canonize somebody that you know had some maybe things that were uh, politically unsavory from our point of view uh, that that sort of thing I, I can remember uh, visiting Chica my parents in Chicago and people were just going crazy on the streets like running down these busy roads with Polish flags I'm like I don't think it's a Polish holiday or anything well they had been got the news that Pope John Paul mm -hmm. had been beatified that's a big deal for the Polish community right mm -hmm. so this is problematic from our point of view right this is this is this complicates matters right and it's I'm a saint as much as the next person. You know what I'm going to do? And, and then the, the Mike, problem what, what also... What flag do you want me to run with? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what they did for for John Paul for you. Okay. John Paul II, we should say. Yeah, what, what kind of flag? I don't know. Well, USA? I mean, do you identify yeah. primarily with that? Sure. I'm going to canonize you. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's problematic because then... You, you want to make up that this, you really want to believe that this person performed a miracle, right? You really want that for... Or that God performed a miracle through their yeah. patronage. So, right. So it's just, you know, and then to, to, to waste maybe a lot of resources investigating <laughs> if that person 100 years ago actually was able to perform something supernatural it's just we can see that, that this is that this is problematic but at the same time we don't throw out these de designations right in the same way that if um if i if i maybe disagree with a certain title like i don't think that elton john should be sir elton john i don't have a right to not to to say that it's not sir elton john right we do respect what people want to be called um so we don't we don't we don't get um, we don't get a bee in our bonnet as Lutherans if we're gonna, if we're gonna talk about not using the word saint for like Saint Bartholomew or something like that. We freely use that and name our churches after it, and that's mm -hmm. just okay. But we understand that the subtleties. The big thing, of course, is what you're going to get to is when you start when you when saints become sort of, sort of mediator, a meteor, a meteor, mediator in some way with God. Uh, even if it's a subtle way, that becomes, of course, a law gospel issue. Mm -hmm. So go ahead. And so when, um, when Melanchthon or the confessors of Augsburg um, talk about the, the worship of, of saints, what they're getting at is um, something that Roman Catholic theologians are going to say, oh, you don't understand, we make important distinctions. Um, and I would say, um, in uh, in Protestantism in general, we just worship is just a word mm -hmm. that goes with God. Mm -hmm. That's what almost all of Protestantism is united on that, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they would distinguish between latria or latria, which would be worship directed at God alone, hyperdulia, which would be veneration, kind of reserved for Mary. So um, special veneration for Mary, and I mean, this is, uh, um, I mean, Ave Maria, Hail Mary. Would you put in the East some sort of icon? Yeah, they would, of, okay. yeah they, would, they would also have something like this. And then Dulia, which would be <clears throat> just basic veneration, mm -hmm. showing reverence. Um, this is what would be then shown for the saints, this, um, this concept of, of reverence. And so they would... They would make these distinctions. I think um, many Lutherans would say it's a difference without a distinction. Mm -hmm. uh, but Latria then will be sacrificial in character. Um, it's only offered to God. Um, the uh, and then Hyperdulia, largely Mary to the Blessed Virgin. Um, Dulia then for the uh, for the saints. This. Um, what they're doing then, when they invoke the saints in, in their theology, is not, they would say, is not the same as what they're doing when they pray to or worship Jesus, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And growing up, the explanation that was most often given that I guess resonated to me while I was still a Roman Catholic, is it's kind of like asking 
It's like if I ask you to pray for me, Mike. And in fact, we're supposed to ask um, fellow Christians or the church to pray for us, right? We, The prayer of the church includes intercessions. Um, and here, uh, this is why the Augsburg Confession will then get to uh, Jesus, where, um, and we keep saying Melanchthon, but right, the Augsburg Confession is not the property of Melanchthon alone, but he's the primary author, um, where he will say, um, but the scriptures do not teach that we are to call on the saints or to ask the saints for help. Scripture sets before us one Christ as the mediator, atoning sacrifice, high priest, and their intercessor. He is to be prayed to. He has promised that he will hear our prayer. This is the worship that he approves above all other worship that he is to be called upon in affliction. And so there will be the big distinction to understand as well is that in Lutheranism, um, the line gets drawn um, at any point in which the person and work of Christ gets muddied. If, is that a fair way to say mm-hmm. it, Michael? Um, and this is what we mean by giving glory to God. Like, if he's not getting full credit for our salvation, that's a problem. And and so what sometimes comes to mind for me is the rich man and, and Lazarus, right? And um, the rich man says, you know, uh, send someone to my uh, to my brothers that they don't end up here in hell. And and uh, he's answered, <clears throat> they have Moses in the in the prophets, right? Um, trying to, uh, I think the distinction, the difference between me asking Michael to pray for me and me appealing to a saint is A, I don't have a notion that, that your prayer, Michael, will be more effective mm-hmm. than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to you for patronage as if, um, well, surely Jesus will say yes to Mike. Um, I'm not um, appealing to you on the other side of the grave. I am speaking to you here. And I'm also not attaching to that um, practices that have built up over the ages that sure bear a lot of the hallmarks of what we would consider to be to be worship. That being said... Um, we as Christians, as Lutherans, do believe in the communion of saints. Right? Um, we do believe the church is bigger than the living. Um, often, you know, you'll hear the illustration that our chancels, you know, are kind of like a half circle. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the altar um, are all those who have gone before us. We do know in heaven, um, in Revelation, that the saints say, how long, O Lord? Um, but... Uh, but this gap fixed between us now um, is not something that we're, we're told in Scripture that we should attempt to, to bridge through prayer. Um, and we are clearly admonished in Scripture um, that we have a Messiah, a Christ, a Savior, who wants to hear our every need, that we can go before the throne of God um, with confidence. And this also, I think, is something that the invocation of the saints undermines um, as it does feed an impression that we that we ought not just go right before God ourselves. And that's the, the very, um, doing that is going before God ourselves is the very nature of what faith is mm-hmm. and does. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but any thoughts you have on that? No, I think that's very helpful. I, I think, um, you know, w- w- sometimes we, here's where you finally get in Roman Catholic theology, and that's problematic, right? It's finally saying Jesus is not enough. Um, but to be fair and charitable, right, there's more going on there. And I, I can think that about just every doctrine, right? Like if you came up to your Roman Catholic friend and like, you you don't believe that Jesus died, that Jesus didn't do enough to get you into heaven. They're going to be like, what are you talking? Where'd you get that from? Yeah. Right. But there's more nuance there where we're, we're right to say here, here is where you have something that's, that's problematic. And it's the same way with, I remember that when I was a vicar, I had this, uh, a convert from Roman Catholicism, this old dear lady, and she would just, she's like, Vicar, I, I can't help myself. I still pray to Mary, <laughs> you know? It was part of her, her piety or whatever. And and I don't think she necessarily meant that it was Mary was her savior. I know she didn't, right? But 
uh, it, it can be hard to, to break that habit and, and to say, I'm, I'm not going to slam you just now, but just to say, I, I would just say in my vicar uh, ignorance, just say, you know, you don't have to, right? You can go right to Jesus. He can handle it. Mm-hmm. You know? And maybe if I was being sarcastic that day, I'd be like, well, why are you bothering Mary? Right. Why are you bothering Mary? Right? Yeah. Um, you know, she's not, you know, she doesn't have any special, this is the beautiful thing. She doesn't have any special connection that you don't already have with Jesus. Right. Now we can say that there is, there is something else though, that like, and, and I think this is where you point to like, you know, the Holy spirit is interceding for you with, with your groans that words cannot express. And right. so is your advocate Jesus to the father. Like you're going to be okay. And you right? have, you have promises to God and faith speaks um, in response to promises and appeals to promises. <clears throat> and that's where in the apology, Melanchthon will point out that um, requiring invocation of the saints is forcing someone into uncertainty, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. prayer is a response of faith. <clears throat> and faith is rooted in a promise of God. And so um, is it really prayer in the biblical sense if we don't have a promise? Um, and to be fair, too, Melanchthon points out, it's not merely that they're saying to ask the saints for things. But you're appealing on behalf of their merits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's that. Yeah. And this, um, once again, then is to get um, works right back into uh, not just the nose of the camel into the tent, but to bring the whole thing right back in. Right. There's a there's a medieval theological context to this, right? Which is which is sometimes a little bit different than than our context. Yeah. Um, and so they do take on since you're appealing to their merit. A role as mediator, mm-hmm. which is why Melanchthon will go to Christ as mm-hmm. as soul mediator, and so you know maybe to someone who's wrestling with that, and, and I get honestly having come out of Catholicism, there is an appeal to some of the piety um, in Roman Catholicism in the, in these regards. And notice maybe one point I made that a couple of times I've made this point that we throw the baby out with the bathwater and then we replace it without knowing it. So how many times have you heard in our world today, why well, you know? my father's in heaven and I know he's looking down on me and I asked him be with me. I, you know, like right. you've just replaced St. Christopher with your, your dead aunt. Right. Like, you know, you, you haven't it's really like Tommy boy it. where Chris Farley's out in the boat and the wind isn't yeah. coming. And, uh, so then he kind of thinks of his dad. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the wind I, comes. So I, I think that, or when Brett Favre, his dad died. And yeah. Then, and then he, and then all the Lutheran right. Packer fans became Roman Catholics. Right. right. So like his dad like touched the past to direct it to <laughs> um to win the game. So so just another lesson of when you throw everything out, right? Um there you you often create a vacuum that's gonna be replaced sometimes with something even worse, right? I'm not saying it's it doesn't matter if it's better or worse, but it's usually not, let's just say yeah. X always. May I make a request of you, Michael? Yeah. Since you have our list of ideas, could you write down as a free-for-all idea, um, if we were starting a church from scratch and you had to name it after a saint, what saint you would pick? Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one, yeah? Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll, we'll have to talk that in the future. Which would be quite uh, um, out of the norm today. We don't name our, you know, we, we could be something cool and different, like naming a... You know, instead of naming it like... Don't say it, Michael. You're going to offend someone. All right. You know. But some of you know what we're talking about. Just don't say it. It's kind of funny. Like if you... We already hit on the Sunday thing. If you gave me a name of a church from the last 50 years, I probably could give you the decade that it was named in. I think there'd be a decent chance. Right. And and this is not just true of Protestant church, but it's also true of Catholic church. So like Our Lady of, or, you know, that that was sort of especially if you know what's coming after it's it's our lady of the hills you know probably 80s or 90s yeah yeah okay i appreciate your strength there michael um well i appreciate you for having this discussion with me i had wanted to have it and and you were a good sport michael and i think it went pretty well um we have as i mentioned had a previous episode on the saints although that one focused more on the biblical title saint and how that plays out. That was episode 111 recorded in my backyard hmm. um, in 2019. So I think that would have been at the old house even. What what uh, episode are we at right now? 
That is an excellent question. And uh, the answer is this is this will be episode 180. And so then you add maybe another 120 of winginess. Oh, we're, well, we're way over 300. Yeah, 300. As far as content-wise. Mm-hmm. We've been going for five years, Michael. Yeah, pretty good. We're coming up on a five-year anniversary. Yeah. We're going to have to commemorate that. Yeah. You know what? There should be a Let the Bird Fly Sunday. <laughs> With a plate in the back to, for for your extra cash. Yeah, the um, well, I I appreciate you doing this episode, and it um, it was fun to get to talk a little Augustana. Maybe yeah. we should pluck an article every once in a while. Yeah, or maybe a winging it series on all of it. I don't know if yeah. we have the stamina. For if that, we ever but... finish the Luther one. Yeah. And uh, in the meanwhile, um, know that uh, all of you out there, whatever you're going through in life, whatever your vocations may be, um. Wherever you find yourself, whoever your neighbor is, um, that is specific to you, and yet you are also part of something so much bigger than you ever realize. And so we give thanks for those who have gone before us, who give us examples, both good and bad, as God only works with sinners and only makes sinners saints, um, <clears throat> examples of, of virtue, but more importantly, examples of faith and the forgiveness that God offers. And so um, as you remember them, uh, know also that you are remembered by your God in Christ and that you can go Him, go to him boldly and confidently in prayer and uh, live your day as one of his saints, um, like every day, letting the bird fly. I don't care.